You may kill me, but you may never insult me. Who am I? I'm Captain Jack Sparrow. Get the truth about movies on the movie show. If he were telling the truth, he wouldn't have told us. <laughs> Tell them, Sparrow. Unless, of course, he knew you wouldn't believe the truth, even if he told it. Mm-hmm. Hello. Joey, it's Ross. I need some help. Help has come your way because you are listening to the movie show. Yo, what it is, what it do, where yeah, it at? Yeah, this is the movie show on Active FM with with Sashi. <laughs> Ryan, we've discussed this. It makes sense to say Ryan, and Sa- but I feel like for you, it makes sense to say Sash and Ryan. Hey, I just thought it'd be pretty cool if we just introduce each okay, other. Okay, sorry. Go again. Take two. In three, <coughs> two, one. With Ryan. You said we were doing <laughs> Ryan, I gave you a second chance. Uh, okay, that was terrible. Take okay, three. Take three. Take three. Cut. Final Reset. take. Reset scene. Here we go. Silence on the set. In three, two. You have to yell action because you're the kay. director. <coughs> three, two, one. Action! This is the movie show with Sash. And Ryan. Right here. Active FM. Right, you're on Active FM. And we have a golden oldie today. We do have a golden oldie today. Question. Golden oldies. Ah, thank you very much. <laughs> golden oldies are referred to the 70s, yes or no? I don't know, actually. It's a good question, though. Isn't it just like golden the oldies, oldies, the old movies Kay. that are gold, <laughs> that good are stuff. good? That was our asterisk, just to say that we are, uh, just to know that when we talk about golden oldies, we speak about anything. That is old. That's old. That was gold. Absolutely. Is gold. All right. Wait, wait, wait. Mm-hmm. And a uh, good golden oldie. Which is, but before we get yes. there, there's a reason why we decided to do a golden oldie. We weren't just feeling nostalgic or whatever. We decided to do this film, which is The Untouchables, because if you don't know, Sean Connery, or should I say Sir Sean Connery, passed away recently. He was 90 years of age, so he lived a very long, good life. And he passed away. If you don't know who Sean Connery is, because I think most young people don't really know who Sean Connery is, unless they've watched his films, which were very well known. If you don't know who he is, though, then the best role, which will come to mind, is he played the first James Bond. So he is the original James Bond. He's the first actor. There's obviously been... How many have there been? Like four or five? I have no clue. I haven't been following. Okay, there's been quite a few James Bonds, but he was the original when they first made the first James Bond couple of films. He was James Bond. The wait is over. Over. Hold on tight. We are in the overdrive. Welcome. This is your favorite station. Stay tuned. Turn up the volume. The volume.
I knew him as a guy that speaks like this. She, seriously, yeah, that that's how I knew. I was always like that guy. That, I just I didn't know that he was in James Bond. To be honest with you, uh, so when I heard no Sean Connery, and then I was just like, oh, okay, cool, shame. And then uh, my wife was like, yeah, it's that guy, that 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 guy that you talk about, Ryan. You know that guy that speaks like this. Oh, and I was just like. <laughs> No, that's not... Is that him? No. I, th- I heard he was James Bond. Isn't it the guy with the black hair? This week? But that was obviously him and he's like, where? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. No, James Bond was made very early. It was in the 60s. That's so, his, his James Bond run yeah. happened. Yeah. Very interesting. So, but he was cool. He's a Scottish actor. So what we're going to do is we watched the film The Untouchables, but we did it so because he was in the film. So like we did a few weeks ago with Tributes. Chadwick Boseman, yes, we decided to do a tribute show to him. So we watched The Untouchables. But first, before we get into The Untouchables, we just thought that we'd give you a few interesting facts. If you don't know Sean Connery, or maybe if you do know Sean Connery, some interesting facts that maybe you didn't know about him. So first fact, despite being known as Sean, do you know that his first name is actually Thomas? He's Thomas Sean Connery. Right. He's Scottish, isn't he? He is Scottish, yes. He is Scottish, yes. yeah. And when he was young, he was referred to as Tommy. So I wonder why his... Because his stage name or his... Yeah, his stage name is Sean Connery. Everyone knows him as Sean. No one calls him Thomas Connery. In fact, if you said Thomas Connery, people would be like, huh? Who's that? I know Sean Connery, but no, they're the same person. Thomas Sean Connery. Second interesting fact, this guy had a lot of jobs. He actually... Like, his resume is a lot of past jobs. So, his first job, guess what his first job was, Ryan? Guess. A waiter. Close, but no. A shoe... No, further away. Uh, So, close to waiter, right? Sort of. Waitering. It's sort of in... Chef. Nope. Uh, uh, Is it in a restaurant? No. Is (laughs) Is it of public service? Yes. Okay, so it's something in the public service sector. Uh, I don't know. Taxi. Nope. His first job was a milkman. Oh, milkman. He was a milkman in Edinburgh in Scotland. Okay. So he he was your friendly milkman that came and gave you milk. Obviously, we don't have milkmen anymore because now we just buy milk in cartons from the shop. Yeah, but they we still don't even they don't deliver milk to us. We have to go to the shops and buy them. But he was a milkman. And then also, this one, he had weird professions. He also worked as a coffin polisher. Oh. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. Okay. It's like, remember when we did the tribute to Stan Lee? He, he wrote, I always, the word always goes when I have to say it on the movie show, obituaries. Is it the, you, know, you know when people die? Yeah. And then remember we said he before going into comic books he wrote them for people. What? <laughs> Don't you remember that? Wow. <laughs> so it's quite interesting how both men had a job in yeah, in actually. the funeral industry. Yes. Anyway, also do you know that he reportedly placed third in the Mr. Universe contest in 1953? Although, there is some disputes over whether he finished third in the junior class or failed to place in the tall man classification. So, this guy was everywhere. Is he tall? <laughs> is he I don't tall? know, actually. 
He might come across. Well, I think he does come across tall. I don't know yeah. his heights. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking out of watching him in the film, The Untouchables. I personally have not watched. Don't don't shoot me. I have not watched his James Bond films. I did go yeah. and do a little of, little bit of research on YouTube, so looked at a few scenes. But I must be honest, I'd be interested to go and watch them. But let's. I mean, let's be honest, right? The, I mean, we're talking about years. Yeah, it's the 1960s. Yeah, it yeah, is. So, I'd, I'd, uh, yeah, no. I have watched James Bond. Yeah, with what's his name? Craig. Daniel Craig, yeah. yeah. Daniel Craig, but yeah. I have not watched with Sean Connery. Yes. But I think I'm going to go do that. But I do feel that I- Ian McKellen is Gandalf. They, that, was, that was a good call. But I suppose it's because we've seen yeah, him as Gandalf. I so was about to say exactly the same thing. Yeah. Another role he turned down was he turned down the chance to play the role of the architect in The Matrix Reloaded and The Matrix Revolutions. Ah. So he actually turned down like quite a few films. Do, do they have his reason for it all? That one they don't have his reason for, but he, he turned ah, it down. Okay. So he could have been part of James Bond, Lord of the Rings and The Matrix. Like, those are such huge movies, yeah. Movies, yes. And, like, not franchise. That's the word. It's not series. It's a movie yeah. franchise. But anyway. But now, this is the crazy part. So, James Bond was obviously, like, his first big break. But do you know that the author of James Bond, Ian Fleming, was initially against the idea of the unrefined Scott actor portraying 007 and was said to favor Cary Grant. I don't know who that is, but he obviously wasn't in favor of Sean Connery. Later, though, after the film, he changed his mind, admitting that Connery was ideal for the role after seeing his performance in Dr. No, and adapted future novels to give Bond a Scottish background. Uh, okay. So Sean Connery made the author of James Bond rethink his character to fit Sean Connery. Okay. I've never watched the, the obviously the James Bond with with him in it. Did he have like a Scottish accent in there? He did, yes, yes. James and Bond with a Scottish accent. He did. He he has a very deep voice. He has a very very yeah. deep voice. But I think he did. Okay, I I watched a few clips. So if I'm wrong right now, then. But I think he did. It did come through because even he gave he wouldn't have given him a Scottish background then if. Yeah. Yeah. So that was. Pretty cool. And then he met fellow actor Michael Caine in 1954. Michael Caine, Sir Michael Caine, and who is still acting to this day. He was in Tenant. During a party for the King's Theatre production of South Pacific, and the pair became friends and remained friends forever. But this is crazy. So do you know that during his early days, so he obviously had no plans of becoming an actor, as we know, because he went from career to career. He was more interested in bodybuilding and started working out at the age of 18. Hence, Mr. Universe and the nude model. Anyway, he was also feared as a street brawler and had beaten up four people while hanging out with Michael Caine. So he was a pretty dramatic dude. Yeah? You would never, well, I suppose you could sort of tell, but yeah. From this film, from The Untouchables, you kind of get the sense of his rough side. Do we spoil it a little? I mean, this movie is so old. Yeah, we can. And we're going to get to it. We're going to get to it eventually. Yeah. But yeah, he, in the film, he, well, now he's died in real life. He died on the 31st of October, 2020. Yeah. But I think he lived a good, 90 is a good age to die. It is, it is a good age to die. So he Long at least, 
Yeah. Lots of stuff to experience. That's pretty cool. I would have never expected it from this guy. Like I said, I always just knew Magic Guy that yes. spoke with this uh, <laughs> funny shing in his mouth. Right. And then, do you know that he was one stopped by a policeman for speeding? Do you know what the cop's name was? The cop's name was Sergeant James Bond. What? Are you telling me that Bond is actually a name? It must be, yeah. I know James, but... Uh, okay, cool. I wonder if you said, what's up, James? So you're going to fire me for give me for speeding? Yeah, which is pretty, pretty okay. cool. Yes. And then... His 93rd and last film was in 2003. The film was The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, although he officially retired in 2006. He did have a production company. The production company, though, did close, so it it didn't last very long. But he did open a production company, and he did produce a couple of films. The production company, however, closed in 2002, and then he retired officially in 2002. Six. So yeah, that is Sean Connery. If you don't know Sean Connery, now you do. That's him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right there. So now moving on to the film we watched, The Untouchables. It's a 1987 film. And it was based though with the whole Al Capone. When yeah. was that? Quite interesting. Uh, okay, so that was roughly about in the... Wasn't uh, it 1930s? Uh, well, let me tell you. Al Capone uh, basically list, uh, he existed in the early, early 1900s. So let's see. Born okay. Now I'm looking at Al Capone himself for real life, right? Born 1899, died 1947. So you're looking early, early those, 19- those stages right there. Probably 1930. Yeah. Yes, yeah, in 1930. He so went to prison in 1934, <laughs> and then died in 1940. Seven. Hmm. Yeah, so early 1900s, eh? Yeah. Yeah. This was a very, very, very good film. I know it's an old film, although it's not actually that old. It's the 80s. I mean, we watch 80s films still. I mean, especially now, like, everything's 80s. But this film was brilliant. Like, it was, you know when you watch a movie and you're like, this is a proper film. This is what movies are made out to be. We've actually been watching quite a few old films because I'm reading a book at the moment. It's a script writing book, and she often will refer to older movies in reference so explaining so whatever she's explaining she'll then say like this in the and then so we've actually been watching quite a few older films we watched the witness which that film don't go you don't have to go watch that film that film was it's with harrison ford he goes to an amish community i don't know if you've seen it ryan no yeah but there's another film called the fugitive we're also with harrison ford that film is very good we we thoroughly enjoyed that film. So that film was a, a very good film. But we've been watching older films. So I think me watching this film, I wasn't like, but it's so old because I'm. We've been watching a couple of old films. But it's it's very good. It's don't think oh it's an old film. I'm not going to watch it because it's old. This film, this is what movies should be like. Today movies. Yes. Some movies. <laughs> yeah. So the budget for the film was 25 million US dollars. And the box office for the film was 106.2 million dollars. Well, so they did very well. There's your quadruple. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They really did do very well. And there's a lot of well-known actors in this film. It's not just Sean Connery. When I saw the names in the beginning, I was just like, wow, this is really, really cool. Yeah. Pretty interesting. Robert De Niro. I mean, that guy, 
I really enjoyed his acting. Like, yeah. he's such a strong actor. He is such a strong the actor. The way he, like, emphasizes and the way that, like, ah, the way he used everything. You're just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, it was real. So, his acting was very, very good. It I was really, strong. really enjoyed uh, Robert De Niro on, yeah. As Al Capone. He played Al Capone. Yes. Do you know, though, that he insisted on getting fat for the role? He was fat? Well, he, he was... Fatter than, because think about a young Robert De Niro. A young Robert De Niro wasn't, he wasn't fat. But in this, he was chubbier than his usual. So after impressing audiences and critics with his bulging gut and saggy body parts in 1980s Raging Bull. I haven't seen that film. I don't know if you have. But he was in that film, Raging Bull, as his character was also fat. He then informed director Brian De Palma that he wanted to put on 30 pounds of fat to play chubby Al Capone. He was very concerned about the shape of his face for the part. Yeah. Because he does have that jawline, and obviously Al Capone didn't have the jawline. He's just got this round face. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so what he did was he, this was his diet. He had pancakes every morning and then went, on, went to Italy on an eating tour. Okay. <laughs> so that was his diet. <laughs> pancakes every morning, Damn. went to Italy, and you know how the Italians can cook. But in spite of all his gorging, do you know that the production still had to use padding to fill out his midsection? So they still added on top yeah. of him. But I thought that was pretty cool. That is pretty cool, yeah. That he was so dedicated to the role. But do you know who I enjoyed was Kevin Costner. A young, because he was young in this film. Very, very young. He was yeah. a young Kevin Costner and he did very well. Obviously, the latest film I've seen with him is The Highway Men, which was based on the whole chase of Bonnie and Clyde, which was also brilliant. I thoroughly enjoyed that There's as well. There's a huge difference in uh, body shape uh, with with, yes. <laughs> with Kevin, you know, in this movie because yes. he, he had a very slim, very slim, Lean. and even his voice and the way that he spoke, mm. where uh, you know, in Highway Men, yeah, you could he picked on some, but obviously, I mean, that was quite relative because the fact that obviously in Highway Men you look at the story, it works out. But also, yeah. I was just like, wow, is this seriously him? Sure, you can see a, a lot of familiarities in terms of uh, the way that he acts today and the way that even then he acted. Mm. You, you can you can see it's him. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then Sean Connery obviously was in it. I expected him to be younger in this film. I don't know why. I had the picture of him in James Bond in my head. And then at first, because they show you Kevin Costner's character, he plays Elliot Ness, the guy that brought Al Capone down. So the guy yeah. that got him in prison. They show him from the behind. So the first, the first time he's yes. on screen, you don't see his face. So I thought that's Sean Connery. And then in the next scene, they then show his face. And I was like, oh, that's not Sean Connery. That's, that's Kevin Costner. And then the first time Sean Connery came on the screen, I didn't realize it was him. I was still sitting there like, when's Sean Connery going to show up? Uh, like, uh, I don't understand. He's got that like that like white, black, black and white. But you see, I was thinking he's going to look like he does Earlier in the days. 1960 yeah. James Bond film. So I was, in my mind, I was waiting for that. Then the second time he showed up on screen, I was like, oh, that's him. Like, so there he is. That's yes. him. And then I clicked. I was like, oh, he was the cop in that. Pre-. I was like, oh, that makes Okay, so he's not young. He was, yeah. well, he was still youngish. He was probably what? In his 40s, 50s? Maybe 50s, 60s? Maybe 50s, 60s. I think yeah. it was more 50s, 60s, eh? Oh, it was 80s, so you kind of work out. Uh, I think the movie was, yeah, it, it was made in 1987. I think he was in his 50s, late 50s, possibly. 
He was born. My goodness. <laughs> when was he born, Ryan? He was born in, I've got it here, 1930. So 60 would have been 30, 90s. Uh, in the 1990s, he would have. He was roughly 60, almost yeah, 60, yeah. There you go, around 60, yeah. Yeah. And then also, I liked Andy Garcia. I don't know him from any other film. I also enjoyed his. But I enjoyed his him. Yeah. Apparently, he's in Ocean's Eleven in 2001. And 12. Oh, and 12. Yeah. And 13. <laughs> and Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again, which was 2018, he was in. So, I'd actually be interested to go and watch a couple of the films just to see him. Because I did enjoy his acting. I thought he was, he was very good. And then the other person is Patricia Clarkson. So, she played Catherine Ness, which, who was married to Kevin Costner's character. Ryan, did you recognize her? Because I recognized her. I just thought she's a young version of someone. So I went to go search. She was Ava Page in Maze Runner. You know the, the no chick way. that ran Wicked? Yes, Serious. I was like, oh, yes. Yeah, she's so nice, though. You like her. In, in Maze Runner, you're just like... Okay. But awesome. in, when, I, when, I, when I saw her picture, I was like, she's in Maze Runner. At first, I was like, Divergent. Right. Is it Divergent? And then, yes. It was, she was in major. There though. you go. I see yeah. her now. Okay, cool. Yeah. So there were a lot of good actors in the film. Do you know that they thought about doing this film in black and white? So to help and evoke the 1930s for modern audiences, director of photography Stephen Burem tried to convince De Palma, who was the director, to allow him to shoot the picture in black and white. De Palma's response was to shake his head, telling Burem, don't break your heart, Steve. They won't let us do it. <laughs> so, yeah. But I'm I'm personally glad it was in color. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't know if I would have enjoyed... Maybe, mm -mm. maybe I would have enjoyed the film. Uh, but no, I, I think the color... I think... It added. Just a, it added to the visual aspect of the film. And the yeah. visual aspect of a film is very important. Just a slight de yeah. degradation. On and they the, did the the get the, the 1930s across. Yes. I thought this is a nostalgic film. This is the whole... You know, gangs in New York. The, even Absolutely. the music. The music was really good as well. I yeah. enjoyed the music. This film almost you reminded... The music. I enjoyed the... I, 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 okay, I wait, like, wait. Sometimes wow. it was dramatic. I'm talking about, you know, when they bring in that, that sound of that era. There was times where they brought that sound through. I don't know how to explain it. It's that mystery, detective... Yeah. So there were times where it was a little bit dramatic. But there were also times... Yeah. I found myself laughing at the music. Serious? <laughs> yeah, sometimes the track came and I'd be like, what? Uh, okay. I All do right. get what you're saying. There were times where it was dramatic. If I, uh, yeah. That's the only way I can describe it, where you're just like, okay, it was slightly dramatic. But and, even, and even some of the scenes, I was just like, okay. Like, the, like that part where the baby's coming down. And I'm just like, uh-huh, okay, okay, all right. It's like so weird. Everyone's like, no, ah, and like the thing's going down. And I saw they filmed and they really highlighted certain parts, uh, you know, the baby and then the top of the baby. I, was, I don't know. Just watching this whole thing, I was just like, okay, all right. You can tell it's quite an oldish film. No, you can tell it's an old film. Yeah. I yeah. think maybe that's why there were certain things I was like, okay. But what I loved was uh, I could tell that there was a lot of old school, good old cinematography in the yes. film. Yeah. So like uh, whenever you were in his office... 
Did you notice how the the blinds with the lights? Yes, I saw was, that. There was a lot of crea- that they that good old creative yeah. cinematography in, yes. in this movie, which I think we we lose a lot of it. Mm. So them using like shadows, uh, lights and shadows and stuff like that. Now these days they just sort of simulate. Yeah. You know, uh, to to give a good example, there was a movie we watched with a lot of neon lighting. I don't know if you know what, what we were talking about. It it was something to do with where the guys people were challenged to do Nerve. something. Nerve. Yes. For me, nerve is a very modern version of like like they use a lot of creative lighting. Yeah. To do you know, to create something. Yes. Yeah. To get creative with. Which lighting. was nice. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. That that's right. You know, it wasn't just an office well lit and studio yeah. lighting. It was they they brought across that when they were in the office. There's a lot of you know, secret stuff going on mm. and stuff like that. They use the yeah, like I said, j- just that good old cinematography of light and shadow, using yeah. shadows and stuff like that. So there was this implied scene in the film, which was brilliant. So an implied scene, if you don't know what that is, it's when they don't show a scene on screen. So you don't actually see it. But as the audience, you know that it's happened. So for example, an implied scene, a simple example is a guy's at a restaurant, he pays the bill, and then it cuts immediately to him driving down the road. Now we know as the audience, he got up and walked out of the restaurant, got in his car, but the, the scriptwriter didn't feel it was necessary to show that. Right. So I don't know if you remember at the end of the film when they're talking to the judge because now Al Capone's gone to court and obviously this whole thing with bribery has come out. And so what Kevin Costner's character does is he asks everyone to leave the room except for the judge. And then the judge looks, looks at him. At he looks at the judge and next minute it switches to the judge back in court. But the judge now is like Looks unhappy, yeah. Yes, I was like, that is brilliant. So you as the audience know exactly what's gone down. They do then later on okay. say Kevin Costner's asked what he said and then he tol- tells him what he said. But I was just like, that was brilliant. So even the script, it was... So there you go. The script was so good. But now you mentioned that scene with the baby. So there's, the, there's a scene, it's quite an intense scene where a baby's in a pram or cot falling down the stairs. Rolling down the stairs. Rolling down the stairs while the shootout is happening. Do you know that that scene almost didn't get shot at like all? So the director De Palma, who was often made who has often made visual references to Alvin Hitchcock throughout his career, honored another director for the famous shootout at the Chicago train station featuring a runaway baby carriage. The scene's the scene originated with Sergei Einstein's 1952 battleship Potemkin. Mammoth, who didn't write the scene in the scripts, called it Kokomia, I think. And when De Palma wanted to film it, Paramount was already insisting he wrap up production, but he had been stashing away raw film stock so that they'd have enough for the scene. Uh, so the director was like, this scene will be in my film. And he got it in his it. film. Absolutely. Right. And then another interesting fact, how was that scene where Al Capone beats that guy with the baseball? I, I was waiting for something to happen. Yeah, I was like, that guy's not just going to walk around with a baseball bat in his yeah, hand. <laughs> when I saw the bat, I'm like, oh, and then uh, the focus was on the guy in, in the front. He's like, yeah, what, what yeah, is yes. that? Freedom, right? Uh, no, team. Oh, yeah, team. Something about yeah, team, team, yeah. Team, team. And then you see him behind. Like, I was like, hey. this movie is And then tick. that aerial shot. But do you know that that actually happened with Al Capone? Like that was apparently a true life event. So some of the film's facts were bent into narrative shape. 
but this one was actually real. In May 1928, after getting word several of his associates were plotting to murder him, Al Capone invited them all to a dinner, got them drunk, and then proceeded to beat each man to death with a baseball bat. So Al Capone actually did that. Which, yeah. Okay. Wow. The other thing I enjoyed was the opening shot. That opening shot was brilliant. Wait, I'm trying to remember though. So it was the aerial shots of him at the barber or the, yes. yes. The, and the way the camera then came down. Man. That was brilliant. The, this is what I was talking about. The cinematography, yes. the good old school, the good old, good cinema, old cinematography. Yes. But not only that, what, what I must say I, I really, really enjoyed was the, the depth. Yes. When a camera moved, my goodness, mm -hmm. you uh, obviously in able to get that kind of depth, you use like short lens. So in other words, lenses that are not f uh, zoomed as much. And so like that shot, my word. Yeah. Like it started like almost tilting sort of thing. And, and like the way that it felt, I was like, whoa. Right. Like yes. I'm in a 3D movie. Yes. Like the stuff that, and that's what I'm talking about. That is where like um, a lot of people, like where the cinematography puts a lot of effort into the shot that they want, you know, yeah. whatever, whether it's the cinematography, the cinematographer, they called it, or it was the director. No, I want a shot from the top. I want it to move down like this. That's where they do these like really good old tricky shots. Did you notice also how a lot of the moving shots, you could see that they weren't very smooth. No, they weren't. Um, there's a part where they, where they see them in the plane and I was like, I oh, know they did that. <laughs> I know exactly. Oh, serious? You could see that, that uh, it's the, uh, number one, it's the outside of the plane. Number two, how do you even shoot that back in the day? Yeah, that's true, actually. So my guess is they're on the ground. Yeah. They've probably got a background plate or something yeah. like that because you just see sky. You don't see mm. clouds. You don't see yeah. anything. So for you, know, it's like the sort of uh, upper angle shot. You've got to miss the ground. You've got a smoke machine in front. And I was just like, man, this is the stuff. Because I've, I've read a cinematographer book, and these are the kind of things that they talk about yeah. a lot. And I'm like, ha, 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 ha. Good old, good old <laughs> right. in-camera in uh, effects. Yeah, yeah, no, it was very... And the opening title, I was just like... Yeah, I wondered how they did this, that. This is in 86. They use a lot of... Uh, look, you, got, you need to understand. Uh, the first Star Wars was in the, in the 1970s. So this is where they use a lot of film and they use a lot of like uh, mats. If you guys understand how mats work with uh, like brightness and darkness and stuff like that. So they use a lot of film effects. That, that, that's how they did a lot of the stuff. But that whole movement and the no, 3D it was brilliant. thing. I mean, I'm sure in the in, in 1987, that must have been like, wow. Yeah, I was know? like, wow. Because right? now you just open up your video editing software, go type in a word, go make it 3D, choose what you want yeah. to do with it, move it up. But I was like, it even made me question how yes. they used to put music to film. Because you know film, like film is... It's not digital, it's just a film. film. I was right. like, so it actually made me question, I actually want to go research like how they used yep. to do movies back. I was like, how did they put music to it? Like, wait, how did they? These people were brilliant. Wait. We're spoiled. These now exactly. we're just like lazy and yeah, no, they we were proper realize. film makers. That's why it's called film. We don't realize where we've come from yeah. and how spoiled us filmmakers are today. Eh? No, this one, I really, really enjoyed it. If you are a film lover, if you enjoy watching movies, this film, go watch it. You'll, you'll enjoy it. And then last fact for the film. Do you know that this movie earned Sean Connery his only Oscar? His only Oscar? Yep. But it was a good film. And he dies in the movie. He does die hey, in the movie. That's just another thing in the film. Like, you get to know people and they just start dying. I didn't expect... So there's four... 
four guys who are a team. They're the untouchables. I'm thinking they're untouchable. They're not going to die. Yeah. Then two of them died. I was like, ha. <laughs> but and I liked the accountant guy. Yes, I did like the Whenever accountant guy. When he was guy. around, just his whole gesture of how yeah. like, like almost like confident he was. Yes. I, I, yeah. But I wasn't upset. Obviously, you're like, oh man, they died. But it raised the stakes. So now it made the the yes. plots. It it wasn't boring. It wasn't unpredictable. There were stakes at at play. You were like, oh flip! If they can die, then that person can also die. Because then you start. Now you the person you thought will never die dies. Now you're like, they just killed them. That means they can kill anyone. They could literally kill anyone. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I did find though, like I, I didn't get a, I didn't get attached to any character though. I don't know if you did. I, I just felt like the characters were all just, yeah, just me. Yeah, I liked Kevin Costner, and I did like the, I don't know, I can't remember his his acting name now. I think it was George or something, the other police officer that yeah. that's played by Andy Garcia. I did like him. Yeah, but it was it was a it was just a good film. Yeah, it's like The Fugitive. If you Ryan, if you watched The Fugitive with Harrison Ford, yeah, you might have. I think so. That was also just a good film. You watch it and you're like, that was good. That was really, really good. You know what? I lie. I actually did get attached to that, that, that accountant guy. We'll be honest. Actually, I, I yes. <laughs> so uh, in, the, in, in the lift when he died, I was just yeah, like, no. oh. And his death was horrible. I was just like, oh, no. But, and that was very unexpected. Yes. And yeah. that whole sequence, you were just like, eh. And the court case. How good was the court case? Yes. Because the same thing. Um, uh, Al Capone was very cocky. He was like, mm. just like the smile and everything. Mm. I was just like, no, man. And he wasn't stressing me, he had connections. And that, they that bribed the jury. That assassin guy, he was oh. spooky. Hey? No, he was very spooky. Just the his shape face. of his face, everything. Every, yeah. yeah. I was just like, who? <laughs> yeah, no. So it was, it's a good film. It's a good old film it's to go watch. Watching, and it. especially now that Sean Connery's passed away, if you want to go watch one of his films, you can do James Bond, but this is also a very good film if you haven't seen it. Hopefully, I remember. I would like to see one of those first James Bonds. Yes, me too. I really would. Absolutely. I was told to go watch Goldfinger. That's so we have a person that does our social media. Shout uh-huh. out to Danny. She told me Goldfinger is one of her favorite of his of Sean Connery's films. So yeah. Brilliant. Reactive. Being reactive is being a people of reaction, people of change, being a movement of young people. It's not just a band, it's not just good music or inspiring words, it's not just catchy, it's life changing. Check us out on Spotify, iTunes, Deezer, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. So this has been 
the movie show and if you have any movie you want us to review in particular or if you just want to say hi or whatever you can get us on our social media pages search for active fm on instagram facebook twitter parlor gab and reddit we are also on whatsapp you can find our number on our instagram bio and we have an amazing website www.activefm.co.za where you can find all the shows on active fm they're really awesome and if you're a subscriber to spotify we are there too, guys. Uh, we are also on Google Podcast. So that is an app on Android phones. It is equivalent to uh, Apple Podcast. Uh, for those who are Apple co- Podcast, Apple Apple users, Apple phone, uh, uh, what do you in your position in your pocket? You, if you uh, subscribe on Apple Podcast, we are there too. Anyway, to go back to the Google guys. That is what Google Podcast is. It doesn't come standard on your Apple iPhone. Listen to me. I'm doing almost like a bit of a, a tutorial on how, to, on how to get Google Podcasts. But anyway, I use Google Podcasts. It's pretty awesome. So get that as well. We, uh, the movie show is also on there. Active FM, all the other the shows are also on there. And then, of course, if you are a YouTube user or subscriber, you don't watch the tube, but you watch YouTube then uh, go search for our channels. There are two of them, Active FM and as well as Active TV. And Active TV, you guys know where the playlist is, right? You'll see the titles there. I think it says Home, something, something, something. Eventually, you come across this thing called Playlist. Click on there. Go look for the movie show. It is visual versions of some of our shows that we've done with some cool footage and add-ins and stuff so you can see exactly what the heck we are talking about as filmmakers. Go check that out and subscribe to Active TV while you're at it. Yeah, the bell button because there's tons of stuff that come out there and you do not want to miss out. If you don't subscribe, you're going to miss out. There's lots of stuff there. So go ahead. Go right now. Go. Good deal. Okay, well, while you're listening to us, go. Yeah. 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 So this has been the movie show. Until next week. We will. Be in your. Yeah. Then. <laughs> but now we are signing out from Sash. And from Ryan. Peace out. And cheers. Active FM. Radio has never been better.